All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And on the show with me today, I got to sit down and chat with Eric Clark. And Eric is from the OKS Hunter podcast. He is another fellow Wisconsinite. And it was just great to talk to him about his podcast, about his business plan, about what he's doing moving forward, and just to hear about his passion for hunting. This guy has a different mind. I mean, when it comes to business, he is on top of his stuff. And I wish I had a little bit of that drive, but I hope you guys get a lot from this episode. It really was a good time chatting with him, and we're going to jump right into it. Like, he was doing things that were just badass. That was one of the coolest moments of my life. I was really scared, but knowing that Dan had the gun, I did have the rifle, like, we would be okay. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And on the show with me today is Eric Clark. And Eric is with the OKS Hunter podcast. Um, and we connected on social media. Uh, I think that's kind of where we first um, met each other. And today's like the first actual like face-to-face, I guess, digital meeting. But thanks for hopping on the show with me, man. Yeah, I think it, I think you're right. It was social. TikTok, probably. Your TikTok presence is hard to not notice. So uh, good job for however the hell you did all that. <laughs> so, it's beyond me, man. It's I am not a social media guy at all. And my wife is a wizard with it. And she just showed me one day. She's like, hey, check this page out. And I opened it up and I'm like, I don't know. what I didn't even know it. she was on my page. I was like, cool. They've got like. <laughs> she did it for you. Like, wait, is this me? <laughs> well, I, I had a page, but like I looked at it. And it had 16,000 followers. And I was like, okay. And she's like, that's your page. And I was like, well, three days ago, it had 90 followers. And she's like, I know. Watch this video. And I was like, oh, my gosh. She boosted it from there. And now she just tells me what to do in order to run it. And it's kind of working out. So, But it's funny because we keep having this competition. Like, She's probably at almost 170,000 followers now. But like there was a point where I was like gaining on her and then all of a sudden she'd take off in this last round. She gained a thousand followers in the amount of time it took me to gain like 30,000. And she's like, you're going to catch me. And now she just, she's getting like 5,000 a day. No idea how. So, but yeah, TikTok and social media was not something I ever wanted to get into, but I love making stupid videos now. There's something about it. You guys are good at it. I've watched a lot of them. Oh. Uh, in preparation, I'm like, man, this is freaking great. Yeah. It's hard. It's not easy to do that kind of stuff. Hard's relative, but it's like, I've taken, I've taken my stab at a couple and, and they're fine, but it's, it's tricky, dude. And it feels awkward to put yourself out there like that. You're not used to it. So it's just kind of like a weird thing that we, it's a weird thing in our world right now. Oh yeah. It's, it's odd. The vulnerability of it was something that I had to get past because I'm very competitive and I don't like doing anything unless I'm going to be the best at it. And Dancing is one of those things where like I don't dance. I don't even dance to be funny because I just feel so uncomfortable and awkward and I had to get past that. And I still hate dancing, but I'll throw you have to dub that country song over this part. I don't dance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um well hey, why don't you start out by I guess just telling listeners a little bit about yourself, kind of how you got into uh, the media world, uh, podcasting, the app stuff, all of that. Yeah, man. I don't know. Uh, before we hit the record button, 
uh, we were talking about like how I got into podcasting. It started a long time ago for me before I even, I didn't even know what a podcast was. Uh, a buddy of mine, he's pretty nerdy. His name's Shane. Him and I used to run a podcast called the WilderNet podcast. I don't know if it's still out there or not. If it is, it's probably pretty embarrassing. Um, but yeah, it was like half technology, half, uh, outdoor stuff. And they think our tagline that we had was like leveraging technology to get outdoors or something like that. Like finding ways to use technology to get outside. Um, we were in that for a little while. And then in doing that, I was like, oh, I have this hunting community called where to hunt out of necessity of trying to find land to go bow hunt locally. I was gun hunting far away in the North woods. And I was like, if I just want to bow hunt after work, I don't want to drive five hours. <laughs> Can I just go somewhere around here? And at the time, Onyx wasn't around. Uh, the DNR's website was terrible. And the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel had just like put this huge article out that put the DNR on blast about something called uh, MFL, Managed Forest Law. And landowners were scooping up land uh, for tax breaks and then um, landlocking it. So the tax breaks incentive was, oh, you can get a tax break on this property if you allow recreational or hunting access on it. But then there was no access to it. So they were getting the tax incentive without holding up their end of the bargain because they'd say, hey, you can't trespass on my property. But it's like, well, I need to get to that property in the middle of your property. Yeah. So yeah. once that happened, the DNR uh, really did a good job of um, showcasing where that land was and how to access it. So then I was like, oh, my gosh, look at all this property. So I created a Facebook page called Where to Hunt because I was like, where can I go? Um, at the time, I was in web marketing. So... I knew a lot about search engine optimization, and that was the most sought after search term that I could hone in on, which yielded a lot of volume. So I was like, well, if I just name the business this, I'll get a lot of business from people just trying to figure out where the hell they can go. Um, that wasn't a terrible idea. It kind of worked. We grew a Facebook page to 10,000, like basically overnight. We had people sharing pictures of maps and screenshots and helping everyone figure out where to go. Um, and then eventually I... I started to get really annoyed. I was in college full-time. I was working full-time. My life has never actually stopped being busy because now I have a couple of businesses and three kids and um, a day job and all this other stuff. So my time in the woods is important to me and it's hard to find that time and come by it. So what would happen is I would go to the woods and I would go to this public property and inevitably either someone would bump into me or I would bump into them. So we'd whistle or you'd try to move or say, hey, you know, I'm here or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. I think it's great that there's people out there, but that's now a bad use of my time because neither one of us are going to see a deer. We just ruined each other's hunt unknowingly. Uh, a lot of respect for those other people and so forth. But I was like, there's got to be a better way. You know, we all have cell phones. So I thought, well, can I just like make an app that shows me where other people are so we can avoid one another? Can I like know there's someone there? So when I get to a parking lot, I see six cars. I don't like going and ruin those folks hunts that I can like navigate away from and around them. And that has a safety component to it also. But that was the main premise is to identify occupied and unoccupied hunting land. So I um, started searching on Google, like how to build an app and how to get this done. And I reached out to some companies in Silicon Valley before I even knew that Silicon Valley was a thing. And they're like, oh yeah, it's like a hundred grand. I was like, okay, well, that's not like possible. I'm not going to go. I didn't even know that you could raise venture capital funding or private equity or like angel investors. So I just asked around a lot more. And I had someone tell me about a guy in Chicago that could probably help me out. So I, I reached out to him and he said, yeah, it'd be like 10 K. And I was about to pull the trigger and through another conversation, a friend said, have you, you know, my company outsources to freelancers through a site called Elance. Well, Elance is now called Upwork. They were purchased or acquired. Um, but back then it was Elance. So I found Elance. I put a bid out there for what I was looking for, had a non-disclosure created out of like a Google doc. 
And um, I had 40 different bids come in to my inbox and say, hey, we'll build this app. Here's what it takes. So I reviewed all of them and I found a company in India, but they had California roots, meaning the guy that I was going to communicate as my liaison was on my timetable, not overseas completely. So he spoke English. He was in the States. He controlled the team in India. So I worked with him and we developed the MVP minimum viable product and is a static check-in. And on the first rev of that, uh, first revolution of that app, we got 10,000 users, which is synonymous with the Facebook page. I was like, holy holy shit, look at this. Um, But I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have any concept of like, I didn't even know what the word monetization meant. I didn't understand revenue models at all. I was just like trying to see if this could be a thing that would stick, which is a good way to start. Um, but you should have a better idea of what the hell you're doing. It's going to just burn money. So that was five grand for an Apple version and an Android version. So I said five grand left. So then I would I advertised it and pumped some money into it. Um, and then I reinvested in 2016, 2016. Uh, I reinvested. So the app launched in 2014. Then I revved it in 2016 with the reinvestment to what is the current version of it, which 2016 is actually a really long time ago in technology. The app yeah. looks old. Um, it feels old. It's tired. It doesn't work great. It still serves a very rudimentary um, practical function. So we're still getting a lot of users on. I think we have over 70,000 people that have downloaded it to date. That's awesome. And um, we're, we're now I did a, an incubator. Um, in early 2020, before the pandemic had hit, and uh, through that incubator, I've, I got some funding from our, our state economic development center. Uh, we got some grant money. So now I have a chief technology officer that's um, on board with me 50-50. And we're rebuilding it completely, rebranding it completely. We understand a lot of things now that I didn't back then. And um, now I have connections and audience and, and reach in these things too. So we're hopeful that we can get this thing uh, to market and built and, and back out of the app store in a fresh new way um, soon, which is very relative. We've had goals for the season. That's not going to happen. Um, it's just too much too soon. So we're trying to like scale it down as much as we can so we can get it out to market. But in all of that, uh, alongside that was the podcast and the podcast has led me to uh, return a relationship that you can't put a price on. Our, everyone talks about ROI. I talk about ROR because the people that I've met through podcasting has been incredible. Um, having done this since 2013, I have some pretty great relationships, friendships. My co-host is my, he was a listener of the podcast. He's now one of my closest friends. Um, we hunt together all the time. He's here in my studio every Tuesday night. And uh, my co-owner of the business of OKS Hunter was a listener. And now we own a business together. So like, it's very interesting, the types of things that you can do through a podcast that you never would have thought of. Um, and so now it's the okay it's on our podcast which is an offshoot of of where to hunt yeah. <laughs> so yeah just lots of different things are kind of taking shape and it's that has a whole different mission and uh, is very uh, it's separate from the app completely they're, they're two different businesses all together yeah that's a lot i was going on for a while there man drinking no, a lot of coffee here that's good that's good man uh it's cool to hear other people like just pursuing or, or like having a having a goal and going after it and hearing all the stuff that you've gone through in order to get to where you are now to have an app to be developing uh, a newer model of it. And then also, I mean, podcasting for what, eight years now, like that's, that's impressive. I've been doing it a year and I'm running into all the issues that I'm sure you've ran into uh, multiple times throughout your, your journey. But yeah, I think the biggest thing for me has been consistency, trying to make sure like, 
I, I keep setting these different goals and I'll hit them for like a month and then I just kind of drop off. Uh, I started doing three podcasts a week, getting those uploaded. And now for like two and a half weeks, I haven't even put one on. And I'm like, man, I knew it was coming because as soon as hunting season starts, everything else takes a backseat. Like I don't go work out. I don't run. I get less work done. Once hunting season comes, that takes priority. And I just got to, I got to be able to balance that, especially with having a hunting podcast. Um, people probably want to hear about it while hunting season's going on. Uh, yeah, we don't, we don't stop. Um, so like, it's like a cold front's coming through the wind change direction. So like my buddy, Greg, who co-hosts it, he's like, I have to go hunt. I'm like, man, this is bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, but it's all good. It's like the one excuse I'll accept <laughs> that yep. or like family yep. stuff. But I'm like, I want to go hunting, but no, I'm committed to this thing. Like we just, it's, it's been a journey. It's fun. There's been lots of problems. Of course, my hundredth episode, I literally lost my voice from being sick. It was like a week after our second child was born and I had a major technology problem. And so we run a live broadcast every Tuesday night. We broadcast to Facebook and YouTube. And then we have a phone number that people can call in like a freaking radio show. Nice. So we take calls from people to share hunting stories, talk to our big time guests. If we get a couple of those folks and all of these different things, um, because I believe in a two-way conversation and, and podcasting is a one-way kind of thing. You're just talking at people and yep. you're putting yep. it out there. But so we want to invite people in and it's been really cool to do that. But it's it's added a number or a, a few layers of challenges from a technology standpoint that at any given point in time can freaking break. So we're always we're always pushing the envelope of what's new and modern. Um, I work in IT. I'm not an IT person, but I'm surrounded by it. So I'm always looking at, well, what else can I do? So now we're looking at adding an AT, ATEM, ATM, ATEM mini, which is a device that will allow me to run multiple cameras for a broadcast. Oh, cool. So we can zoom in on my face or Greg's face rather than the two of us sitting in a chair looking at each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's another layer that's going to add some complexity to this that's probably going to break something else. But we continue to grow through these things and, and push the envelope because this stuff is changing. And I believe that, you know, we want to get on Waypoint TV and Carbon TV. And we want to do something unique and video isn't going anywhere. Yeah. So the more we can do with that, the, the, the better off we'll be. So yeah, it's kind of cool, man. And then we're, we have a strong mission. We're selling a lot of merch through OKS Hunter. We just launched our new campaign. I got a, a huge stack of stickers right here. The oh, my nice. tag, my hunt campaign, because I got sick of people seeing people get bullied uh, or like shamed or just self-deprecating and like saying, and I self-deprecate all the time, but I mean it in a negative way, like where people would say, oh, it's not the biggest buck, but, and so I, I just, I'm over it. I'm going to, that's our mission at OKS Hunters to make it okay to hunt how you want and, mm-hmm. and, and be proud of the deer that you shot. If it was big enough for you to shoot it, it, it was big enough. You don't have to say it wasn't the biggest, but it, yes, it was. <laughs> it was yeah. literally the biggest buck because you shot it. Um, you don't have to justify the reason that you shot whatever you shot because it's literally your tag. So there's this elitist mentality that exists in hunting that if you're not killing the biggest buck you're not a a good hunter well that alienates anybody new to the space and if we're to keep this tradition alive we need new people in the space so if someone's getting on the bus and you're like yelling at them and shaming them they're not going to get on the bus they're going to get right back off and then we just lost the opportunity so like this is the same problem i have with uh, the app with public land no that's my spot well it's not because it's public land it's not your spot and if you deter people from this, then they're not going to hunt. And again, if that goes that way, then you will literally never have a spot because mm-hmm. it's not going to be a thing anymore. So I'm thinking a bit more globally 
insofar as how we do this. So I'm not trying to alienate the expert hunters or the old timers either. Um, but I just want to justify like it is if you paid your hard-earned money for a tag, no one else needs to be telling you how you should hunt with that or like um kind of directing what you do with that or giving you their input about it. It just doesn't matter. It's non sequitur. Like get it out of your uh your head and just go do what you want because if you have a hunt with your grandpa for the last time or the first time with your kid or you're honoring a memory of someone that you love or you're with someone you haven't seen in a long time because you're meeting up after you haven't seen each other in 10 years in college or whatever it is, that hunt is special for thousands of reasons. Yep. It's not about the kill. It's about the hunt. Um, so whatever it is you take, you take for whatever it's neat for your freeze or whatever you're doing. It, so that's kind of like it, a little bit of our mission uh, and why we're doing what we're doing. And, you know, we're using a lot of comedy to get people to pay attention and make fun of things. Cause there's a lot of okay moments that happen out oh, yeah. in the field, whether you're an expert or not, everyone's got their shit like that. They forgot the release or they dropped their thing out of their stand or, you know, all kinds of goofy things like that. So we're, we're really pulling on those strings. Yeah. I think, uh, to your point about everybody can hunt their own way. There's a lot of people getting fed up with the bullying that happens around the hunting community. And I've been noticing it like people have just been like, chill out, let them do it the way they want. And then also, I I see it in every area of life where if you post what type of rifle you shoot, you will get so much hate. Like, I shoot a 6.5 Creedmoor. And there are guys that are like, are you kidding me? You're one of those guys? And I'm like, a guy that shoots a 6.5 Creedmoor? Yes, I just said that, <laughs> you know. And for some reason, there's so much division in the hunting community for no reason at all. I, I just, yeah, don't. it's like the neck trying to bite the head. We, we are this, we're in the same thing and, and we are a dying thing right now. And like COVID saved hunting. Yep. At least it yep. gave it like, you know, rub the two things together. Doot, mm-hmm. doot, and then we got, you know, some life back into it um, because people are flocking to the outdoors. So then people are bitching about that. Like, well, now it's so crowded. Good. Yeah, <laughs> we need That's it. what we because want. When you buy a tag, it goes towards conservation. That's the whole premise here. And we are the ones that contribute the most to conservation. So, you know, my my goal for the new app is to to kind of balance these two worlds of outdoor enthusiasts versus hunters. And it's weird that they share such a strong common bond of, of like accessing our nation's public lands for different reasons, mm-hmm. but they're at odds with each other. Like, well, they're a tree hugger. Oh, they're a, they're a meat eater. It's like, Jesus, we're guys, we're trying to like both enjoy our time outdoors. Everybody is just hating on everybody across all facets of life. Um, the outdoor should be the glue for that, at least in some way, shape or form. And, and for mental health, like getting outside, there's a lot of reasons for that. So there's a lot that I'm doing on the app side. There's a lot that I'm doing on just the apparel and hunting and lifestyle brand side. Um, I don't know. It's just interesting to see where things are going, but we're having a ton of fun with it man like okay yeah. hunter is just like this super fun thing i enjoy every moment that i'm working on it i do all the graphic design work for it i was doing the podcast um running the social media and, and all that stuff it's just it's a hoot it really is yeah i i definitely enjoy the comedy side of it i told my public speaking professor in college that i would never do a serious speech and he kept asking me to and i was like it's just not going to happen because i like to have fun and make jokes and uh, point out flaws and things and, uh, just get a good laugh out of it. And so, um, on TikTok, that's my, <laughs> I told my wife, I was like, I'm just going to find all of the pain points in hunting and try to make them funny and throw some stupid trending song in there with it. 
And that's kind of what we've done. And if I could, uh, have you seen Rut Daniels? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's been on my podcast in the past, too. He's oh, yeah. great. I'm like, that guy. Well, it's actually, it's, uh, so it's um, Catching Deers. It's Bud Fisher yep. and his alter ego is Rut Daniel. Rut but, yeah. Some yeah. people think they're two different people. I'm like, no, it's the same dude, you guys. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I, I was, I joke about that all the time because I'm like, it's like the whole Clark Kent thing. All he does is put on glasses and now nobody knows he's Superman yeah. anymore. And, but yeah, right. He, I think his comedy, his humor in it, it just, it was right up my alley. And I was like, man, I'm going to start doing it kind of that way. And I don't have like an alter ego or anything, but just to, just to bring some humor to the overcrowdedness of public lands or bring some humor to the fact that I wear $15 um, camo from a thrift store and other guys are like wearing $600 jackets. I don't know. I think the more that we can just laugh about it and not be so serious and caught up in who does what, what way, the better. Yep. Precisely. Yeah. Let people do what they're going to do. And as long as they're doing it legally and staying within the bounds of the law, like whatever, man, like who gives a shit what gun you shoot? You're shooting a gun. Like what happened yeah. to people? Like, I love my gun. That guy's got a gun. Why are you going to beg on him for the brand he has? Like, man, people draw lines at weird freaking places. Like we're already in the building and now you're about to like lock doors on people. Like we're in the same effing house. Okay. Like yep. <laughs> don't lock me out of the kitchen. Cause you don't like that. I'm cooking guacamole and you like salsa. Like Jesus, we both like to dip chips and stuff in the kitchen. Like, come on now. <laughs> That's so true. It's it's odd. Uh, I do find that I don't ever have any of these disagreements or people like trying to bully me in person. It never happens. I've never had someone come up to me and be like, oh, hey, what gun are you shooting? Oh, wow, you're shooting that gun? Or what type of broadhead? Or what stand do you have? Nobody ever does it in person. Yeah, it's, all on, yeah, it's all on social media or online. And it's unfortunate that that's the new main way of communication for almost everybody. And, yeah. um, the fact that the bullying's all happening on there is unfortunate, but I've, I've just figured out, like, you just can't get in the weeds with those people and you have to kind of point out that everybody can do it their own way. And that's part of the reason why I, I mean, I don't take myself very seriously as a hunter. I take hunting very serious, but like me, myself, I'm not like, I know the way to do it because I don't. And there are plenty oh, yeah, of people I who kill know. way more birds. <laughs> I, mean, know. I love waterfowl hunting and I kill less birds than probably 95% of the people who call themselves duck hunters because we just don't have great numbers here, but we still get out the other day. I knew for a fact that we weren't going to shoot a single goose and we still got up at four in the morning, drove an hour, put the boat in, went out because we love it. And it's not, it's not about like, oh, it's not even, I've heard people like, it's not even worth going out if you don't get a full bag limit. And I'm like, really? You're definitely out that. here for the wrong reasons. Like I don't, <laughs> most of the animals I shoot, like we did shoot three geese the other day. Didn't even take a picture of them because I'm like, one, people just don't really care that much that I shot three geese that morning. And two, it's a waste of my time to do that when I could be cutting them up and cooking them. <laughs> Yeah, not everything needs to be glamorized. So there's certain things you just kind of let lie and, and yeah. you just have in your own mind to look back on. Um, I've been, I, I find as I, I'm 35, I think I'm 35. God, I think, I don't think I'm 36 yet. I was born in 86. I can't do math. So, um, <laughs> but I, the older I get, the, the less I care about shit. So like, it really is important to me 
to remember how much I cared when I was younger and how much social media is much louder than it ever was before, especially when I was younger, this shit didn't exist this way. So, um, it still exists in different areas. Like you'd still watch like, you know, certain TV shows and, and you would like be lured into all of these shiny objects that's happening more on a smartphone now than on a TV, so to speak. But younger people, man, like it's good for them to see this other side of things like these okayest moments as we refer to them or being an okayest hunter, being okay with hunting and just, I'm being kind. So we have a hashtag. We have a whole bunch of them that we've like coined. We called it uh, hashtag never pass because we should, we believe like if someone says you should let it walk, I say, no, never pass on making a memory. That's important to you. Never pass on an opportunity to fill your freezer. Never pass an opportunity to shoot the deer that gets your piss hot. Like do, mm-hmm. do you mm-hmm. never pass? So we obviously are being egregious about it um, to make a point. And then no buck shame is another one that we use. If, if we see, if someone sees buck shaming or deer shaming going on, if they use a hashtag, no buck shame, we search those. And then we do what's called kill them with kindness. So rather than light them up and go tit for tat with them in the weeds, we just like are overly kind to them as if they need a hug because <laughs> there's a reason they're being an asshole. Yep. And honestly, then they just get, not to say they get more mad, but it's not going to like do any good trying to fight hate with hate. So yeah. I try to yeah. transcend that. And so our, our whole demographic and following, I think really seems to understand what we're trying to do. And they accompany us with that. We developed a, the okay is crew it develops a dumb word. Uh, we created an application form on our website called uh, for the okay is crew. If you're the okay is crew, you have to submit a paragraph as to why you think you belong to our brand and people. Uh, we had 70 applications. We accepted, I think 40 of them so far because we can't just, like pour it in all the time. It's a lot of work. So we got to like work on it in stride. So it's like a seasonal thing, I suppose. Um, so you have 40 folks in that, in that group that are like super aligned with our brand. They're kind of like acolytes, you know, they're, they're out there, uh, pumping out our message with us and they get it. They will kill people with kindness, so to speak, and help us end this shit (laughs) and just be, we just want the positive to be louder. That's the point. So we can drown out some of that negative talk by being positive. And there is a lot of positive in the world. Honestly, there really is a lot of people oh, lifting sure. everyone up. A spike buck being post. And most people are like, dude, congrats. You know, good for you. Can't the horns. Da, 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 da. Like there's more of that than like the one a-hole that's like, what's wrong with you? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yep. What, what was it like? Was there a turning point where you just saw something and you were like, I'm done with this. This is my new mission. Yeah, it was a kid. Someone was begging on a kid. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I have a swear button. I can be like, what's wrong with you, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's just that threw me over the edge. And I, I was thinking about it for, for like a year or two before I realized like this needs to be a movement. I can't do this on my own. There's, not something, there's something that Eric Clark is going to do to like, what, go end deer shaming. We need an army to do this. So like building this out and making it okay. And like getting this whole thing going is, is starting to really spread. I think it is at least from my seat and the feedback that we get and the reaches that we're making. I mean, you see your reach on TikTok and what you can do. We're, we're probably, um, we've had the most success on Instagram as far as our reach. And I know that's where a lot of folks spend their time, um, between these two applications, it's TikTok and Instagram by and large, and then Snapchat, which we're not doing anything with because it doesn't make as much sense, but um, and, and seeing some of those things, that's what kind of threw me over the edge is seeing a kid get bagged on. I was like, and then an adult onset hunter, dude is four. He got his first deer because it was his first time ever hunting. So it was literally his first time, his first deer. And people made assumptions that because he was an older looking dude, why the hell would you shoot that thing? You're 40. <laughs> it's like, 
He just got into this. You don't even know. Come on. This is what I'm talking about. You can't do that. Now the guy's off the bus right now. He's like, well, never posting a picture of a buck again. Like what's wrong with this space where people are attacking other people? It's unfortunate. It's kind of penetrated all different areas of our culture. And I mean, you see it in, in schools and fashion and hunting and churches and the type of vehicle you drive. I just had someone say that the other day. My wife was like, hey, you need to put a post a video of your new truck because I've been driving around a Subaru for a long time, really enjoyed it, but the engine went out on it. And so I was like, actually, we had two engines go out in two days on vehicles. So we were down to zero and we had to get a rental. Anyways, my buddy reached out and he's like, hey, dude, I've got a Tundra for sale. I was like, man, I love Tundras. They're awesome. He had a bunch of stuff done to it. And I was super pumped, went out and bought it in Colorado, drove it back. And my wife was like, make a TikTok video about it. I did. And one of the first comments was like, it's a shame you didn't get a real truck. And I'm like, <laughs> pretty sure it has four wheels in a, a truck, but it looks pretty real. I'm, just like, and, uh, I'm like, like, why? Really great. Like, I do. Subjectivity. At that point, I just feel bad for people. I'm like, what's going on in your life that makes you this bitter and this like upset with other people's success or happiness? But uh, I just laugh stuff off. I I probably go the wrong way about it sometimes because I'm kind of like the oh, troller of trolls. Like if somebody yeah, is going to try to troll for the trolls. Exactly. I love it. <laughs> and, I am. I'm like looking for him like, who's the mother of that stuff? <laughs> Dish in my community, you know? Yep. Exactly. Put my blast. I love it. I'm like, yeah. that's so much fun. And I think it started uh, when telemarketers were a big thing because I love to mess with telemarketers. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. I would try to, my, the minimum was like 45 minutes on the phone. Like I just wanted to keep them on as long as possible and mess with them and like, Oh, hold on. I got to go get my credit card, you know, and just be offline listening to their, listening to them like breathing or talking to their coworkers for five minutes. Um, but yeah, that turned into trolling trolls and I probably just need to stay positive about it because sometimes I really get nasty, but we all need our outlets, man. You know, know. it's, have you have being you an optimist is, is exhausting sometimes to be quite honest because it'll oh, yeah. actually piss my wife off she's like can you like be be like can you not be so optimistic about everything can you just like take a second to just hear what i'm saying and not try to like make me feel like i'm being bad for not being positive i'm like i'm sorry i just that's how i think about the world yep. um i'm not trying to make you feel guilty about like whatever your disposition is but yeah it's kind of funny yeah i always i would joke with my wife every now and then like i there's half glass full and half glass empty people or uh, glass half full and glass half empty. And I was like, I'm a glass all the way full kind of person. And she's like, well, that doesn't matter. I'm like half air or half water. Absolutely. I'm like, it's always full of something. And that's just kind of how I live my life. But I think it kind of scares her when I do have a bad day and I'm actually negative. It happens maybe once a month where I'm just like, man, this sucks right now. Like, why does life suck right now? And she's like, what's going on? You're always the positive one. And so I think it kind of freaks her out a little bit, but yeah, it happens to me too. I think it's honestly being plugged in too damn much. And so hunting season is honestly like really good Mm -hmm. because I get to just decompress, get my batteries back to neutral the way that I grew up. Um, you know, things weren't great. Not to say there's no pity party. Like everyone has their shit. Um, but I found solitude in, in the woods. I would go out and build forts and, and like little bonfires. I had the fire department called me a bunch of times, but whatever. Um, like to me, that's still the the reason why I'm out there is to just be out there. 
and seeing a deer is bonus. Getting one is double bonus. Yep. Um, I just expect I'm not going to see or see or shoot anything every hunt I go. And I'm just looking to connect with, with nature and, um, chill out and have some silence surround me and watch the woods come to life and appreciate things that are in my life then, because I've finally had a moment to slow down. So I read a book called, uh, stillness is the key by Ryan holiday. And that book sent me on a journey over the last nine months of reading stoic philosophy and Marcus Aurelius and these people that, you know, think differently about things and zoom out and don't get so like caught into everything. And, uh, it's been great. So this hunting season has been a lot of reflection so far. I've only been out like three or four times. So it's, it's kind of cool, man. It's a, uh, it's very important to me to, to get time outdoors. And I think it has the ability to help a lot of people in ways that they didn't even like, didn't even realize. Absolutely. I, I tell people there's a couple different ways to break down walls and in my mind, there's three major ones and it's music, athletics, and the outdoors. And you can take someone who may be just so depressed or so hurt or something. And if you can find one of those three things that they enjoy, like they may, they may not talk to anybody, but if you connect with them over those, uh, you can, you can make a significant impact on their life. And if you can help them just kind of look inside themselves through one of those activities, it helps out as well. Um, I, I worked at a summer camp for kids and it was like a sports camp. They did a lot of traditional sports. They did a couple outdoor activities, uh, like fishing, archery, BB gun shooting and stuff like that. But it was so crazy to see some of these kids when they came in, you could just tell they were broken. They were quiet. They wouldn't say much. Like they would never volunteer for anything. They wouldn't participate in conversations. And at the end of the week, there was just one thing that they couldn't get over. Like this was the greatest thing I've ever done. And it was cool because a lot of times uh, it was canoeing and I was like the canoe instructor. And so it was just like, do you remember when we went up the creek? And like they wouldn't shut up about it by the end of the week. And I just love to help people find that passion, especially when it's in the outdoors, because that's what it was for me. Yep. Yeah, I've gotten, uh, I think, four or five people into hunting as adults. And uh, I think only one of them stopped and that's pretty good odds, you know, and, and now they look forward to it every year. It's like this big deal thing and they're really jacked about it and they found their own solitude. I mean, I think getting outdoors is great. If you're on a hike, you're still moving through the world. I think hunting is one of those few times where you literally stop and you have to sit, especially if it's like whitetail. Cause you know, nine times out of 10, they're going to see you before you see them. So if you're just like there sitting still for hours on end, like waiting to ambush something, you're forced to be in a different position, like quite literally still, um, so I think that's just like a really critical thing, but you're right about the kids in the canoe and stuff like that. That's just, no one's ever going to remember. Like if you played games, if you play call of duty or Roblox or whatever the hell it is these days for, you know, Fortnite for 15 hours straight, there's nothing indelible about that. You're still staring at a screen. If you go in that canoe once and you tip over, you're never going to forget that. Yeah. And it becomes this really great memory. So like those activities are so much more indelible than, the alternative, I'm not bashing video games. I'm just saying they're not like that memorable. You're never going to be like, oh, remember that headshot I got? And that no one cares. It's not, it's not the same, you know, and look at what you have behind you. You have antlers on your wall. Like you can trace back those headshots or like lung shots or heart shots to like, that is the embodiment of the memory. Yeah. You know, it lives on that way. And the stories are told around those things. So like, it's very different. You can't like, what are you going to do? Frame your screenshot on there on your wall of your, 
of your video game. That's that maybe someone does that. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, no, I I love it. In you know, some people kind of frown upon upon any type of taxidermy and stuff, but I love the memories. Like I love looking at something and remembering exactly how that happened without having to pull out my phone. Like I very rarely pull out my phone and like thumb through pictures. Uh, although I take a ton of them, I there's something about seeing like the actual antlers, the actual fur. Like I've got a beaver pelt from Colorado and it was one of the funnest sunset I, I had ever been on. Um, and so to have, ha, to have something, a physical, a physical object to remind you of it after the meat's gone. Cause like I eat all of this stuff that that's primarily what we eat and I love it. Some people don't and that's fine. But, um, once all that meat's gone, you know, I like to still have something physical that I can remember the animal, the experience, the adventure, uh, the conversations and relationships with, and yeah, antlers are just kind of that thing for me. If they had, cool. if they had a cool hoof, I'd, I'd keep the hoof. You know what I mean? <laughs> something, like, yeah, something, yeah. yeah. But I'm hoping one day I, I told my wife that I want to start saving all of, uh, my animal hides when I go hunting and, mm-hmm. Uh, put them on the wall and use them as sound dampener in a podcast studio eventually when I'm not doing it in my bedroom. Uh, I'm like, instead of buying foam, I would love to just have every inch of the walls covered. My God, that reminds me of the get them to the Greek scene where they're like rubbing the furry wall while hopped up on (laughs) Jeffrey's. It's like one of the funniest movie scenes I've ever seen. When I saw it for the first time, I was like, what is even happening right now? Yeah, that's awesome. What a, what does your year look like? I mean, I know you're big into bow hunting. Do you, is, are there other outdoor passions that you have, whether it's, you know, canoeing, hiking, camping, or another type of hunting or fishing? Yeah, man, I, I fish. Um, we also have OKS Fisher, <laughs> oddly enough. Um, so we have some really fun designs for that too, but I don't take, I'm not as serious about those things. Like I love to fish cause it's real, it is relaxing. It's great. Um, yeah. it's like, a, it's a nice solid, solitude kind of thing being in the water. It's, it's pretty addicting. Uh, I do go on hikes with my kids quite often. We do have a canoe. So, um, my son is just, he doesn't understand that it can tip or that water will drown him or that he can't jump out of it. So like, he's not a candidate yet, but I do want him and my daughter to, my daughter's gone on the canoe with me, but, um, and then elk hunting is something I want to get into. We were going to go this year. Uh, but, uh, my third child, <laughs> that just arrived a month ago, kind of put a botch on that. I, you know, um, we were planning on that last year and then we found out we were expecting in, you know, uh, mid to early January, we're like, well, I guess no elk hunt this year. So that's kicked the can to 2022. Um, yeah. So mostly just bow hunting, gun hunting is very big in Wisconsin, as I'm sure you're aware. And, uh, not much else. I try to do more on mushroom hunting. I've never found one. <laughs> I don't know what Same. my problem is. I've never punished it. I love to go shed hunting, never find any. I'm really just the okay. at all of this crap, man. I just don't know what my deal is. I, I love all of it though so much. So yeah, I think as far as what's on the agenda for the year, um, outdoors wise as much as I can. Yeah. Man, I think you and I are, are cut from the same cloth because same here. We have so many morels here. I know people that find them in their driveways, like growing out of the gravel in their driveway. I can't find one. I look all the time. Same with Chuck. <laughs> like, oh, look for the, look for the, you know, the elm, dead elm trees. I'm like, I, I found them, but there's no mushrooms. I'm like, yeah. what is going on? And what I did find, we went morel mushrooming with our family this year in spring is we had 30 ticks on our dog and probably like another 60 on all of us, including our kids. I was like, well, that was uh, not cool. <laughs> yeah. 
man, I, I was on a I was on a duck hunting trip one time, and it was like late in the year, probably probably December, maybe early January, and uh, it was a warm day, and so the river was still flowing, and I was like, man, let's just walk the river and see if we can jump any wood ducks. We get back to the truck, and I look down at my hands, and my hands are just brown. Like it looks like. I just sprinkled dirt all over my hands. And I was like, like what in the world? And so I like wipe my hands off on my pants and I look down and it's even more, it looks like even more dirt. Apparently there were seed ticks and I didn't know about seed ticks at all. Thousands, literally thousands of ticks covering my hands and my pants and everything I had on. And I like stripped down. I rode the whole way. What was that? Rode home naked and burnt it all. Somewhere. Oh yeah, I I stripped everything down, threw it all in the truck bed, drove home in my boxers, no socks even, and it freaked me out so bad. Yeah, like I hate ticks, man. I grew up dealing with ticks all my life. I've had to pull them off all my dogs when they look like little blueberries, and I just don't like them. And to be covered in thousands of them, and to just not even know that they're all gone, that drove me crazy. Yeah, you wonder for weeks because, dude, you can't really like kill a tick. They they are very hard to kill. Mm-hmm. They'll survive like for weeks without a food, without a meal, and they can go to like the wash and like what the fuck? Who designed these terrible freaking creatures? Oh, yeah, I thought the I robot them. insects these are right up there. So yeah, they're terrible, man. Yeah, I uh, I mean I remember growing up. If we found them on ourselves, my mom's like the only way to kill them is to burn them. Like mm-hmm. they belong in hell. That is why you can kill them with fire. And so we would just like that's light a match great. or a lighter and burn them until they pop. And to this day, that's the only way I deal with them. I never, that's flick the only them way off. I ever kill them. no, I yep. always burn them because that's what they deserve. <laughs> yeah. We are uh, cut from the same cloth when it comes out for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are you, are you primarily hunting public land up there or do you have some private yeah, land that you it. hunt? Public land. Uh, I do have, public access to a private property through a conservancy draw that I did. Um, I get drawn for that every so often. If I get picked, you pay for it. And then if you get picked, you get access to it. Um, but other than that, no, I don't have any, I don't own any land yet. Um, I have nothing, there's nothing against private land at all, uh, but I do enjoy bouncing around and burning up properties. I don't have to care about at all. It's great. Yeah. You can cover a lot of ground and it's like, well, if I had my own property, I'd probably just not hunt it until like the rut or something where I wouldn't even want to like touch it. So I'd be hunting public anyways. It wouldn't really even make that big of a difference. You know, I, I think I've really grown to love it. I was hunting public land in the Nicolay, uh, the Shimwanigan Nicolay National Forest when I was a young kid with my dad. And uh, that that's just all I've ever known. And it wasn't even like public land hunter. It was like, well, we were just, my dad's like, well, I don't have private land. So we're just going to go wherever we can. I love that. that. I love that the script has flipped with public land hunting because it used to be like, oh, you don't have private. You're a public land hunter. And now it's like, I'm primarily a public land hunter and it's like, Oh wow. You're like the baddest of the bad. And (laughs) it's like, what? This is just how I've always lived my life. I've literally only ever hunted public land. Yeah. So, um, I've, I've gotten my, my fair share of like a sit on a private property here and there, but I've never killed anything in private. So it, I don't know. I've killed all my deer in public land. Yeah. We, we've almost always hunted private land for whitetail because I grew up just rifle hunting. Like I didn't know anything about bow hunting until I think I got my first bow at like 16. And then I started shooting religiously. I mean, I was shooting every day, hundreds of arrows every day. Um, but yeah, we grew up hunting 
private land and public land scared the crap out of us with how many different rifle hunters there were. My parents just didn't trust other people to be ethical or to make uh, wise choices when shooting at a deer. And so they're like, we've got this other land. We're going to do that. Um, but every other type of hunting has always been public and I've loved both. Uh, I think there's something about the woods that I hunt in Wisconsin. I go back every year. Uh, I hardly ever shoot what most people would consider big deer, but there's something about like that hillside that I sit on in the thick woods and like, you just know where the deer travel. I love it. Uh, I, I like the connection and the memories that you can make with one piece of land when it comes to private. I think that's the cool part. The public side of it, I like the fact that you can just go, especially out west uh, with elk hunting. Mm-hmm. It, like when I sit in a deer stand, I always wonder like what kind of animal is right on the other side of that hill. Well, if it's not my property, I can't go find out. With With hunting out west, you can. It's like, I don't know, let's go. Public land goes for like, 30 miles in that direction. So we can just keep going if you want. And there's something cool about that too. Yeah, that's awesome. That's how we, my dad and I hunted the Nicolay. It wasn't even like we were badasses or hardcore, but we'd get really, really deep into properties mainly because, well, let's just see what's over the next ridge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was it. Like yep. we just kept doing that over and over again. I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm done. No more ridges. Like we got to go back. I don't even know where we are. We've gone too far, <laughs> but like curiosity was the driver for us. And some people are like, whoa, we're so hardcore. We, I'm like, no, we're not hardcore. We just are too dumb to like stop. Yeah. <laughs> like, that yeah. was it. So I imagine I'd have a problem out west for the same reason. Uh, the physicality of it, I would have to, uh, as a dad of three now, I've really lost a lot of the physical part of my life, which is, you know, making an excuse to some degree, but it's freaking hard, man, to find time for that kind of stuff. You know, I'd have to like, oh, hey, honey, I'm leaving again to go to the gym. Will you sit here and breastfeed our baby and deal with the other two fighting and like, <laughs> it's just to find that time right now it's really difficult we're not sleeping so like oh well i could get up everyone's like get up early i'm like bitch i am up i haven't slept yet i need to sleep like i i've been up since 2 30 in the morning so like i just lay down at five o'clock it ain't gonna happen um i can't just get up at six i need that sleep so until we get past this like season or phase of life i'm just trying to like not eat like a total dump truck or garbage truck so I can like maintain some sense of physique here. So when I want to turn it back on and go lift weights, I can like get back at it and then go out West and, you know, go kill something. I would kill anything. Uh, you know, I would kill the tiniest bull or like the biggest cow. I don't care. I I would, I just want some elk meat in my freezer and I want to have that experience. So yeah, that's something I'm really looking forward to in the, in the future here. It was fun learning, learning about elk hunting and Western big game hunting with the group that I did. I kind of got adopted into this hunting party and they brought me out and it was, it was crazy to see the amount of differences in preference, like what, what would one guy shoot versus the other guy? Uh, there's some guys that like the guy who invited me to the group, he was like, dude, shoot anything, like whatever you see that makes you happy, like shoot it and get one under your belt and then you can decide if it's for you but there's something about like being successful once that gives you the motivation every year to know that you can do it he's like whereas if you have an opportunity but you pass on it because it's not the right one uh he's like maybe next year you're going to start doubting yourself more and then it's going to become like a routine where you just don't believe that it's going to it's going to happen and so i went out with him and sure enough uh the first elk i ever shot came through he's like hey there's an elk coming through if you want it shoot it and i was like 
so excited and that would be like yes if it's an elk and it's going way i'm yeah. going to yeah. like well, there be all no I, it was frustrating because all i had was a bull tag um oh, and i had gosh i don't know 40 cows walk through this gap and i'm just like oh, set geez. up and we're we're like a couple miles back in there and i'm like set up on the tripod and i'm just waiting and waiting and waiting and it's just like a gap in the cedars probably like two feet wide and these cows just keep coming one after the next. And I'm like, man, I would shoot any one of these, but I don't have the tag. Like I know in Missouri, uh, you can get an any deer tag and, uh, same thing with in Wisconsin, there's like, you can get like the only antler list or the any deer. And I, I was like, man, I wish that I had an any deer tag cause I would shoot any one of these. And then all of a sudden he's like the next one coming through is a bull. And I was like, oh, yes, like I'm so pumped. I don't care what it looks like. I'm going to shoot as soon as I get a clear shot. And I did. And it was the, it was one of the funnest things I've ever done. Um, and now I'm hooked, but similar to you, I think uh, this year my elk hunting trip is going to be canceled. I'm supposed to leave in like two and a half weeks for it. But my wife is actually going up to New York to get pregnant by a doctor um, for a surrogacy journey. And so uh, we'll be up there. Yeah. Instead. You gotta, you gotta do that takes precedence for oh, sure. Absolutely. I, I told her, I told her like last night, she was like, I, I feel so bad. Like I want to find a way for you to go. And I'm like, it's not a question. Like if you are going to New York, I am going to New York. Like we're in this together. Although I'm not carrying any babies. That's for sure. Um, like I'll be there with you every step of the way. You gotta deal with the hormone. That's carrying a lot. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm like, you know what? I actually have to give up sex for like a total of ten weeks because of this. So I am fully invested in this. <laughs> That's true. There's that too. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Cool, man. But right, see you guys. Yeah, it, it should be fun. But I'm like, it. To me, it doesn't matter. I like getting out at any point in the year. Some people are like diehard about sell cellular trail cameras to not blow up their spot. I mean, I hunt a private spot where I have, I have full control if that gets too much pressure or not. And I still go out twice a week to check trail cameras because I just love being out there. And there's something about walking the same ground and seeing the animals. And I don't know, I think I would fit in great with the, uh, okay. hunter crew because I am not great at any of it. <laughs> I do all the wrong stuff according to most people. Yeah, you get familiar. You there? Yep. Okay. Yep. I was okay. like, wow, I really bored him. I just looked at like your image on the screen and you're like for <laughs> 15 seconds. Frozen. <laughs> but yeah. I uh what it, what do you I guess what do you do as far as like bow hunting? What is your strategy? Do you have a set strategy? Do you just adapt each time? Um how are you hunting? Like in a climber, uh saddle, uh ground blind just sitting on the ground? Uh when I started I was primarily a hang on tree stand and it was loud and clunky and um every time it took me like an hour to set up and tear it down, probably why I never saw any deer. And then after that being so difficult, I just started hunting from the ground. So the first deer I ever killed my bow was from the ground at like, you know, 10 yards or something. I was a little doof on. Um, the second deer I killed with my bow was the buck I got last year, which was my first buck with a bow on public. 
And he's actually going to be uh, hanging over my shoulder in the next week. Cause the taxidermist just texted me that he's, he's ready to pick up next week. Um, but that was out of a, a hang on tree stand. Cause I got back into that last year. Um, and then this year I'm trying out a saddle and I'm nice. doing some really unique still hunting techniques that I've been learning. So, um, and I'm not, I'm normally, normally one to like really share overshare things. This one I'm, I'm kind of not <laughs> just cause it's something that someone else has had like a, 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 a lot of success doing, um, and they don't have social, they don't want to be known. They don't want anyone to like come in contact with them that way. So, um, it's a relative of mine. And, and for that reason, I'm not like really talking about that. It, there's nothing wrong with it. There's no, nothing illegal or anything like that. All it's just, um, so different than anything else I've ever seen or done. I've literally heard no one else hunting this way, not even the white tail adrenaline guys or anybody. Hmm. Um, but he's got more big deer than most of the known hunters that are on social. And he just has any ego. He doesn't care. And he's yeah. super modest yeah. about it. So I'm doing that and saddle hunting. So I got a lone wolf custom gear platform. I have a latitude method to a two piece adjustable saddle. My bow is old. It's a bear um, empire single cam. It's quiet. It's smooth. I like it. And then I'm shooting uh, a vector custom shop arrows, which is a guy in Wisconsin that I met through an incubator who's got a startup uh, where he's creating um, what thick walled micro diameter arrows. So they're the only arrows of their kind and they're custom built to order. So nice. it's like, nice. if you don't have time to go to the archery shop, you just go to his website and he's got an algorithm. So you type in your draw length, weight, bow, etc., And then they outfit the arrow for you with an ethics insert outsert system on the front. So it's kind of adhering to something called front of center. So a heavier FOC. Um, so I have their setup and then I'm using iron wheel broadheads. It's a single bevel S 100. Um, I got really deep into the ranch ferry and the Ashby foundation and all that stuff. Obviously all of this is through podcasting. <laughs> That's yeah. got uh, every single thing I'm doing is because of the podcast. Um, so yeah, my setup's like really heavy. It's pretty lethal. Uh, it's very sharp. I think iron wheel broadheads like slogan is sharp as science allows. Um, the saddle is super comfortable. I've hunted out of the saddle before to try it and it wasn't comfortable. It was a one piece system. I didn't like it. I felt like I had to keep pulling my, like it down to cover my ass cheeks mm. and I just, it wouldn't like it was fixed right there. So this one with the two piece, I can have like a lumbar and I can move this on my legs and my butt, um, or however I want. And so, yeah, the lone wolf custom gear sticks and sand or platform plus the method two saddle and all that stuff. So yeah, camouflage don't get shit. I don't know. I got it from Walmart like 10 years ago. It's all the same. Um, in fact, I started using a flannel last year cause I just, felt more comfortable yeah um and then i just you know this is my lucky hat my dog my new puppy we got a new boxer puppy chewed up my hat that i got my deer in last year my lucky one so i had to go get another it's my hat but i buy it you know i treat myself as my own customer yeah that's awesome Uh, so (laughs) like literally go to the website and do the whole thing like anybody else would just to experience how our process is make sure things working great and then you know that way it's like funding ourselves if i'll just rather than giving myself my free stuff it's kind of stupid i think yeah anyway so that's that's the setup man i'm like pretty that stuff my boots i wear um a boot called Gumleaf usa they're rubber boots but they're real rubber not synthetic so almost all of the boot manufacturers that make rubber boots they're almost all made out of the same factory overseas and they all use like synthetic material like po um pvc so they like crack and are brittle these are handmade uh in like europe and by one like a person will make your boots and the the rubber 
is so much stronger, more durable. These boots have lasted me. I think I'm on year three or four with them. Not one single puncture, crack, nothing. Um, So like, again, because of podcasting, I got into this stuff. So I'm like pretty jacked about my setup, man. I'm like, for the OKS Hunter, I got a pretty solid uh, setup. You know, years past, it wouldn't have mattered nearly as much, but it's cool. It's good stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. Sorry, I had no idea. My phone, I must have only done it for an hour on Do Not Disturb. Um, yeah, I love, I, I've absolutely loved all the connections through TikTok and podcasting that I've made. Like that, that has been probably my favorite thing about it is all the different people, small businesses, the no-name guys that are hunting and fishing, like you and one other guy are probably the most famous people I've had on the, on, on the podcast as oh, far as like the outdoor world. <laughs> well, famous. like when I first started, I was like, man, I'm going to have all of these people. Like I'm going to reach out to all the biggest name guys. And then, uh, my wife did a TikTok about just having random guests on and almost all of my guests that aren't friends or family have just been random people. And it's been so much fun to hear the different types of hunting and fishing and strategies and things that I've never even thought about or experienced. Um, Like there's so many different possibilities when it comes to the outdoors and things that we can pursue in ways that we can learn from everybody. I, I, the the reason we do the call in uh, primarily is I can have an expert hunter on, I can have a, you know, Jared Scheffler, a Cody DeQuisto, a Dan Involta, whoever these whitetail phenoms and that's good. You'll learn a bit from those guys, but they have their, their very specific, unique way. And that way works for them. It might not work for you. But when I talk to the Joe Blow, Johnny Lunchbox, average guy from different parts of the country, the collective knowledge of all hunters far outweighs that of a single hunter. Mm-hmm. So everyone has something they can teach someone, whether you are having success or not. There's something that might be an aha moment where the light goes on. They're like, oh man, I never thought of that. Huh, I should try that out because everything has to work for you. Just like in business, like just because one business is successful doing something a certain way, like doesn't mean that that's going to work for you in your way. Like you might have your own approach. So it's not much different. I compare hunting to business a lot because I'm like obsessed with business. So um, business and deer and family are like my, <laughs> I probably don't talk about anything else actually. That's awesome. That's, that's, it. Awesome. that's all you get with me. Like, and if it's anything else, I'm like, I don't, I don't want to talk to you. I have nothing to talk about. <laughs> well, when you started talking about, the, <laughs> when you started talking about the business and getting into it, I was just like, holy cow, this guy is a wizard when it comes to business. I am the least business minded person ever. I don't, I can't explain how finances work. I can't explain how any of it works. I'm just like, I like hunting and that's <laughs> unlike, so basically me and you are the yeah, same, like except turtles. just take that business. I like hunting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, your wife knows what she's doing. I'm like, man, I, I wish I could give her my account and she could be like, Hey, check it out tomorrow. You have 16,000 followers. That'd be dope. Yeah. So like if she's for hire, you let me know. I know. Right. TikTok is not a world I understand at all. She'd probably make a pretty dive doing that stuff too. I've seen you guys doing some like ad for chime. I was like, is that, is that him? <laughs> I was like, it freaking is. What the hell? Man, I wish cool. I wish I had that kind of following on mine. Uh they they reached out years ago and well, they didn't even reach out. It was just like a random thing my wife saw. And it was like, "Hey, uh send us a video of your favorite feature on the card and you could win a $100 gift card." Now like, they're running into that. We're going to pick card. it. And I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." And so my wife was dropping me off at the airport. I think I was heading out to Colorado to 
mountain goat hunt or something. And she, she's like, my favorite feature on the card is they send me updates every morning and evening of what my account balance is. And she hands it to me. And I was like, my favorite feature on the card is the rounded corners because it doesn't get caught when I slide it in my wallet. And I was just being an idiot. Right. And they were like, dude, we love it. And <laughs> so they took it and I was like, sweet. So anyways, that turned into kind of a cool partnership. But the first video that they posted on Instagram, uh, my wife's like, look what just popped up on my phone. And I looked at it and now it's a daily thing. Like I come across myself and my wife on social media a dozen times a day and it's kind of weird, but, um, she showed me the one video on Instagram and it had like 49 million views. And I was like, this is amazing. Like if, why didn't I put in the contract? Like you have to put my handle underneath my name or or underneath the, as a caption, because yeah, it was kind of cool, but they're super awesome people over there. And we actually do really like their product. Like we started using their product before we ever did any type of advertising for them. Stop. That's cool. So it's authentic. Yeah. The most we've ever had on one that I'm aware of, at least we had one that reached like 110,000 people on uh, tick or uh, Instagram reel. And, and we just take movie clips and make them into like memes or what do you gifts? I don't know what you call them. Yeah. Cause they're like, yeah. they have audio, right? So it's, we have, I don't know, probably hopefully more than a hundred of these things now on our reels. So we can just scroll through that for days. And we just, I see something like, Oh yeah, that's like when this happens during hunting. So you know, I'll be no shit on the toilet and I'll be watching YouTube and I'll make one of those in a couple of minutes. That's and so, awesome. you know, that'll be like late at night and I'll drop the phone on my forehead at 10, 10 times laying in bed, but I'll make them there or whatever. My wife's like, what are you doing? I'm like, YouTube, I'm making content. I'm making content. It's taking two seconds. <laughs> you know, yep. she's like, what are you freaking watching? I did like a James Bond one the other day where like he was getting tortured in the chair. And I was like, oh man, this is like how people feel about protecting their hunting spots. I saw <laughs> so, that one. Like this is kind of dumb shit that happens uh, every day with me with, with this stuff. Yeah. I, I like incorporating, uh, TV shows and, and movies and even like TikTok with songs. Like you can take so many songs that are not, they don't have anything to do with hunting or fishing or the outdoors. And if you just splice them, right, you can make it sound like that is a hundred percent what the song's about. And, yep. uh, yeah, that's kind of where we found our niche with, um, TikTok, uh, the comedy side of it, and then just turning everything into hunting stuff. But yeah, it's cool. it's done well. I mean, I I attribute like all of my success on social media or on the podcast side of things. It's all come from TikTok. It's crazy, and the amount of positivity on TikTok. I don't know if you've noticed that. I think the first video that kind of took off had like three thousand messages on it or comments on it. And I read wow. every single one of them and I was just blown away that that many people like wanted to support the podcast or wanted to listen in. And so I was like, I'm going to read every comment and out of the, out of the more than 3000 comments, there were two negative comments on there. And I was like, I love this place. This is way better than Facebook and, and Instagram. I'm like, all I have to do is post a black shirt, like a picture of me in a black shirt on Facebook. And people are like, yeah, black shirts are terrible. You should never wear a black shirt, you know? <laughs> It's ridiculous, but, but yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed making content. I don't know why it's, there's something about it and I don't it feels even good to create, man. Just like, it feels good to build. You, yeah. You, it's like you can, you can point at that and say, I did that. And it, there's something about that kind of stuff. Like the room I'm in, I, we built this room and I, I'm like, man, I freaking helped build this. Like we laid the, 
the foundation and put up the studs and did the electric and like all the stuff. So it's like, it feels different when you do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I also noticed that, uh, you appreciate it a lot more than other people. Like when you build something like I'll build something. Oh, yeah, I'm like, really look proud. at this. This is so okay. awesome. I made the table and it's like falling over, but isn't it so great for like, yeah, dude, it's freaking table, like whatever. Like, but you're <laughs> exactly stained it and everything. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've noticed that also with videos. I'm like, guys, you got to check this video out that I made the other day. And they're like, is this one of those dumb TikTok videos? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, we don't care about that. I'm like, but it's pretty funny. And they just kind of like walk away. All right, whatever. I I realize that I'm my own biggest fan. You got to have to. You have to. We, we laugh at our own jokes the hardest. I will be like creating content and laughing my ass off. <laughs> and then I'll put it on like, no one thinks it's funny. I'm like, well, well, I don't care. I thought it was funny. So like. I'm serving my own purpose here. This is all this is about is just making myself laugh. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, Hey, we're, we're over the hour mark and, uh, I'm sure you're busy. You just, like you said, you haven't slept in a while. So, um, I want to respect your time, but, uh, I do want to give people an opportunity to hear like where they can find your stuff. I'll put the link in the bio as well, but if you want to share that, uh, where they can find the app, um, the podcast, all your social media accounts, that type of thing. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Um, the app in its current uh, form, which don't be hard on me, too hard on me, but it's where to hunt app.com. And that could be with the number two or the word two T-O. Um, the rebrand and uh, trademark we're waiting on is Outland, O-U-T-L-N-D dot I-O. Uh, so Outland and uh, the app will be Outland Hunt for the first derivation of it. So the website's very anemic right now, uh, very intentionally. So there's not much there because there's not much there. Um, more to come. And obviously, OKS Hunter, you can check out OKSHunter.com. And then we have a separate website also uh, that acts as like more of a Patreon uh, called OKSHunterPodcast.com. So if you want to buy us a beer to say, hey, thanks for doing a a podcast and making me laugh, um, we'll gladly take your $5 every month to go buy a case of beer (laughs) for our Tuesday recordings. And we'll be sure to say thank you. That's so awesome. That's like adding to the creativity and the entertainment value. Like if you want it to be a funnier podcast, just up it to $10 or $15. Yeah. Everyone's like, Oh, you should give us free tea. I'm like, no, I can't commit to all that stuff. It's, I try to give away with your Patreon for a few months and it got really hard. And we, we had, I think 20 people at like five or 10 bucks a month. So everyone's like, well, you make a lot of money, but we were taking literally every dollar and buying stuff to then give back to those people. Mm-hmm. I was partnering with big brands to give stuff away and it just, it broke down quick where I couldn't keep up. So I'm like, you know what? If you want to give us five bucks, expect nothing in return other than like, you know, that you contribute and you're supporting us. That's it. So maybe we'll send you a sticker or something, but, um, had to take all that out of it. Anyway, yeah, I know we're trying to wrap things up and, and bring the plane in for landing. So no, man, I, I definitely appreciate, uh, all that you're doing for the outdoor community, trying to, trying to just get people to understand that it's not about the size of the buck, the camo you wear. Um, but, get out there and do what makes you happy and uh, be okay with that. Be at peace with that. So I appreciate it. And I love watching your stuff. I love following along and I'm going to continue to do so. But one of these times when I come up to Wisconsin, we'll have to connect and go out and grab a drink or something. Absolutely, man. Hit me up. I've made a lot of friends through this stuff. So if you're in Wisconsin, I would be remiss if you didn't, as long as you are passing through, it might be worth a, a beer in the driveway on the tailgate or something or We'll get the fire going if, it, if, the, if, the, if the beers are flowing better or whatever. Yeah. And obviously, if you want to plan a hunt sometime, open to that too, man. Sweet, man. Well, thanks again. And uh, you take care. 
go go get some rest or do one of the other thousand things that you're Thank uh, you. dialed into right now. <laughs> Sounds good. And that is going to wrap it up for today's show. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to Eric and I chat about all things hunting, podcasting, business, you name it. Um, I definitely had a great time connecting with him, and hopefully I can uh, meet up with him here in the near future up in Wisconsin. I know I'll be up there a couple times throughout the rest of the year, and so hopefully we can make that happen. But a couple updates. Today, I've got perfect weather for hunting. I don't know if I'm going to get out this evening, but I really, really want to try. And uh, yeah, it's a 10 degree temperature drop from today until tomorrow. And then we've got a storm rolling in. Like right around sunset is we're going to start getting light precipitation. The farmer just cut the beans on the main property that I hunt. I mean, everything is kind of lining up for a great hunt tonight. And I've been seeing a ton of deer around here. I, I was just informed by the guy whose property we live on that there's an eight-point buck that has been hanging out in his backyard, which is literally uh, 70 yards outside my window. And it's been there two mornings in a row. All the acorns are dropping. And so they're coming out and just picking fresh acorns up off the ground. And then I've been seeing them down the driveway. Like every morning we drive down the driveway, we just moved a bunch of the pigs that we have here into a different pan. And so there's like a couple acre um, like hog fence enclosure and there have been deer in it every single day. And so I've got some options to go and see what's out there. I want to get a look at that eight point and see what he's doing, how big he is. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's happening guys. There's deer everywhere or there are deer everywhere. I don't know how you're supposed to say that. I guess it doesn't really matter. It gets the point across. But yeah, I'm just pumped. I, I want to get out and get eyes on one of the big mature bucks on this property or on my main hunting property. Oh, and check this out. My buddy Ryan just hit me up. I'm going to be on a hunt with him next week out in Colorado, but he just let me know of an additional 120 acres in central Missouri that I have access to. He's like, I'm going to send you back with some cell trail cameras. And then uh, if you could put those out, he's like, I'll send you whatever pictures I get on them. But also feel free to get out there and hunt it whenever you want, however you want. And uh, we'll try to get a game plan for improving the habitat for the whitetail in that area. So I'm hoping probably in a couple weeks after my Colorado trip, after we head to New York, that I can get up there, put some cameras out do some scouting and see what that property has to offer. So sorry, that was a super long outro, but it was all good stuff. And again, I hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, go and leave a review and a rating on whatever platform you're listening on. That helps out the show a ton. And I've bumped way down in the charts. I know I hit number three at one point. I really still want to hit that number one spot, but I can only do that with your help if you leave a review and a rating. And until next time, as always, get out and choose adventure, and God bless.